And it's Wednesday, another edition here of WeatherWise from the studios of 47 ABC WMDT here in Salisbury, Maryland. I'm Chief Meteorologist Rich Wordzik here with meteorologist Ulysses Garcia on, uh, what is this, Wednesday, August 17th. Uh, mm -hmm. Just about a month left of summer and Man, a lot going on here for this week's uh, edition of WeatherWise, even with the weather being nice. Uh, we finally got the um, storm survey from the National Weather Service for the Smith Island tornado. Um, it was a little difficult for them to get out there and actually uh, you know, get to the island and get the survey done. So they were able to put together that and a summary of it. So we're going to talk about that. Um, some interesting information coming out of the survey from the tornado. Um, but when I talk about how nice the weather is, I think that's been the thing, Ulysses, right? Everyone's just been so excited about how great the weather is finally um, turning here across all of Delmarva after what seemed like endless weeks of just tropical weather with the humidity and the dangerous heat indices. So uh, are you liking it? Oh yeah, I was, I was loving it. I know this entire weekend, uh, this, this past, uh, you know, I mean, I kept talking about just how wonderful it is, you know, enjoy it out there just because of the fact that low humidity, I mean, throughout the weekend, especially on Saturday, dew points dropping down into the 40s and you know temperatures at 80 degrees but it felt really really nice outside so the fact that we were actually below average for not just our highs but even our low temperatures finally because like you mentioned before even with that tropical air we had nights where we were like in the mid to upper 70s and uh, we finally broke that and it just felt really really refreshing this weekend it was just beautiful on Saturday just the bl how blue it was outside how great was that that's and, right yeah so you can definitely uh you know, we got that definitely that continental polar air mass. So this is definitely, I talked about it briefly on air the other day, but this is a continental polar air mass in summer. It's usually when you get comfortable temperatures and lower humidity, um, and that's what you get. So it's like a little shot of Canadian air that we got here uh, this past weekend. And it kind of carried on to a degree into the work week. But we have noticed some changes, but still, you know, even right now, it's still pretty... Pretty nice out there. Yeah, beautiful. And you mentioned just getting that shot of Canadian cool air, how dry the air is. The dew yeah. points are so low, 40s and 50s, dew points in the 40s, 50s, kind of unheard of for summer. Usually at the beginning of the summer, coming out of late spring, early summer, we get shots of that type of dry air that bring the humidity down. But we've talked about it over and over because it's worth repeating. If your dew points are high, which they have been for us in the 70s to near 80, you're not cooling off at night. And that's mm -hmm. why we had yeah. all those nights in the 70s to near 80. We finally enough dry air in here so that meant at night some radiational cooling oh there were some wet 50s on the boards there a couple yeah of there, was a, there were a few spots that got into the 50s this uh this past weekend so i mean I know so great especially saturday morning i think uh dover got down to like 58 or something yeah so yeah hey i don't think there are too many complaints here unless you're like a pure summer lover but even in yeah. that respect it's nice to maybe finally get a break on the electric bill for yeah. the air conditioner at least for me I, I i know that's coming from me i i love summer but it's just nice to get a break, get Not the yet. windows open at night. And the days haven't been uh, bad for being outside yeah. if you want to be near water. I mean, it's not like it's too cool to be out there. But, yeah. uh, you know, something a little more moderate. We're getting into that second part of um, the, the warm season for us where the averages are now starting to go down. Uh, daytime high averages, what, in the mid-80s now and nighttime yeah. lows, mid to upper 60s. Yeah. So what you would say we're probably near that now. We're a little below that for the weekend, but now we're getting to yeah, we're getting closer seasonal. to average. Now we're getting closer back towards those numbers of around 85 and 65 right now. So right. we're getting closer to our averages, but still, even that, that's still a a big improvement compared to what we're recently recently with the 90s and 70s for lows. So even even on some of these warmer days, you know, and 
I even put that in a little bit of air quotes. <laughs> quotes you know? Air quotes. That's, uh, you know, still <laughs> way better than what we've had recently. Right, right. <laughs> well, you know, with that said, we don't have the tropical air around. The, the humidity is really the instability that pr- provides fuel for some of these big-time thunderstorms that we track this time of the year, certainly with the severe weather. Talked about at the beginning of the podcast here, and we actually talked about it on last week's podcast, but now that we have the official numbers from the National Weather Service, they were able to do a storm survey on Smith Island, basically what the Weather Service does after these tornadic events and any type of wind damage event. They go and do a survey. They literally look at the damage and assess whether it was a tornado or not. In this case, we knew it was a tornado in the video. Everyone knew. Um, They go on there, but they assess the damage to see how fast the wind speeds were, the tornado. That's how we figure out the, in, in the weather world how fast a tornado's wind speeds are. Really, there's no way to directly measure them. Yeah. So you have to go in after the fact, look at the damage through structural engineers over time that have come up with the scale, the EF scale, which we'll talk about here in a moment. They look at the damage and say, okay, what type of wind, how fast a, a type of wind to actually take this material off of a house or a building and cause that kind of damage. And they're able to assess on an estimate on how fast the maximum wind speeds are. And they rated this tornado in high-end EF1 on a scale of 0 to 5, 0 being the weakest tornado, 5 being the strongest. Um, And they determined that maximum winds of 110 miles per hour estimated when this tornado was going through Smith Island where it caused some of the the, uh, largest damage near Rhodes Point. Um, So if you wanted to talk, Ulysses, a little more about the EF scale, for those of you listening at home might not be too familiar with the... uh, tornado EF scale, Ulysses will tell us a little more about that. So yeah, so the EF scale actually consists of, so let, before we get to the EF scale, let's go back to the original scale, which is the, the Fujita scale, because really what it's called now is the enhanced Fujita scale. Um, and both of them still have six categories. It's from zero to five. Uh, back then it used to be F zeros. Now it's just EF zeros. Um, and then the only difference between the original version and this later version is the the, um, the metrics of where the wind speeds are. So like where, you know, where every category begins and ends, it's more of a smaller um, range compared to the original scale where it was a larger range. And this was determined over the last, you know, 10, 15 years where they finally did some research on tornado damages and all that. And that's how it got enhanced. But overall, when it comes to the new scale here, um, um, you know, the EF zero is usually wind speeds between 65 to 85 miles an hour and they use a three-second gust. When it comes to an EF-1, it's 86 to 110, and that's pretty much where, uh, you know, Rich was talking about the Smith Island tornado is pretty much a very high-end EF-1 tornado. An EF-2 is a 111 to 135 miles an hour. An EF-3 is 136 to 165. An EF-4 is 166 to 200, and an EF-5 is over 200 miles an hour. So the reason they updated updated this is more so that it can align the wind speeds more closely um, to the actual damage that is surveyed by the National Weather Service. And obviously this is all done, um, you know, with research over time on how to modify things like this. And same thing can also be said when it comes to the Saffir-Simpson scale when it comes to hurricanes as well. Right. And hurricanes usually something we focus the most on in the summertime, early fall here on Delmarva, but also small tornadoes. Usually the tornado events that we see here are the product of landfalling tropical systems, low-end tornadoes, EF0s, low-end EF1s on yeah. that scale that you just talked about. Still, any type of tornado considered destructive, even the weakest tornado out there is um, you know, a dangerous event in itself. But yeah. 
a high-end EF-1, almost an EF-2, that struck this island. Put this into perspective for those of you listening at home, and especially if you're from Delmarva and you're familiar with the islands here. Smith Island, Somerset County, Maryland, is um, just off the coast of Crisfield, a small island. Um, this tornado that came across the island has started as a water spout. Usually when water spouts make landfall, they come ashore, they can cause destruction as a low-end tornado, usually in the order of an EF-0, and it typically falls apart pretty quickly. In this case, the water spout came ashore, and then it intensified, and causing that uh, damage, intensifying to the 110-mile-per-hour maximum winds near Rhodes Point, and then continuing across this island, which is, and by the way, if you look on the map here, if you get a chance, we actually have a blog up on our uh, website, wmdt.com backslash weather. Check it out our blog post, we have a map of the island up. The tornado path after it came ashore and then left the island again is about 2.2 miles. And that stretched across Smith Island. It's a real small island. And the interesting thing about that day, from the Weather Service's perspective um, when they put out this summary, which um, you know, I think we all talked about Ulysses that day, we knew that there was instability there for severe weather. We were looking at storms across Delmarva, damaging wind gusts, heavy rain, frequent lightning, those kind of things. Um, but the, the ingredients weren't there for tornadoes that day, right? I mean, we were looking at um, the wind fields, wind shear, as they say, yeah. the, the directional change of winds with height and speed that create um, circulation in the atmosphere. All that stuff wasn't there that you typically look at for tornadoes. So you already had that going, which made this an unusual, unusual event. Secondly, the, the other unusual event, or part of the event, or part of the equation here was what I talked about. Water spouts making landfall typically do not strengthen like that. But the overall idea with all the factors of the atmosphere were not there to support tornadoes that were above 100 miles per hour. You sometimes get a spin-up tornado in severe thunderstorms, a water spout, if you will, but usually those are very low-end tornadoes. And the, uh, the case that day was uh, the cell itself actually split into two smaller cells, one was a left-moving hybrid supercell. One was a right-moving one. And it was a, just a very unique situation. And I, and again, stress anybody, if you're really into this kind of stuff, severe weather, tracking tornadoes, check out our blog site, wmdt.com backslash weather. There's a little more about that. I also put a link to the Weather Service's summary of this survey that they put out. Because, again, they assessed the damage, but they also talked about the setup from the tornado uh, that day. And clearly, there wasn't any warning for it. There wasn't no. a tornado warning. And that brings us back to a point that I brought up last week on the, sur- on the, the uh, podcast, I believe, I talked about it. And if I didn't, we'll you know, talk about it now. And if I did, we'll talk about it again because it is worth mentioning. Smith Vi- Island, what did you say, being in a dead zone? Is that what you called it there with the radar sites? Yeah, we're, yeah in a dead zone. I know you, you were explaining how the fact that it's kind of in between both uh, the radar that's located towards Milford and there's also another radar located uh, towards the Wakefield office. And it kind of just almost smack dab right in the middle between... Uh, you know, they're kind of on the outer fringes of both radars. Right. And on the map that we have on our blog, we show that where Smith Island is, basically about 68 miles away from the closest weather radar site, which would be in Milford, yeah. that pretty much takes care of most of Delmarva as far as scanning the skies on any given day. And the problem is the radar beam, as it goes out, it actually raises above the ground slowly over a distance, it, higher in the sky. Also, with the curvature of the Earth curving away from that radar beam, by the time, if the further you are away from the radar, by the time that radar beam gets to you, it's that much higher above you in the sky. So by the time this radar beam at its lowest scan is going over top of Smith Island, it's like between 5,000 and 5,500 5, feet in the sky. 
most tornadic events, if you really want to know what's going on in real time, you got to be much lower to the ground than that. So what they do, the Weather Service does, when they have these dead zones, they typically look for the upper areas of the thunderstorm to give them kind of a um, indication, if you will, that there is possibly a tornado going on. Usually supercells, there's some sort of mid and upper level rotation involved. And they could kind of determine through that of the probability that there may be a tornado going on at the surface. They just don't know. And those characteristics were not there that day. There was no mid and upper level rotation. In fact, on the blog site, I have a picture of using that radar. We were looking at the velocity, which is the measure of the wind speed, only slightly indicating there might have been some high winds briefly, but there's no rotational signature on there because there was no rotation that high up in the sky for the radar to see. So it was an impossible event, wouldn't you agree, for the Weather Service to look at yeah. as far as trying to make a warning out of that or post a warning, a tornado warning for it. It was just impossible. It happened yeah. so quickly. There were no signatures there. You know, if there was a radar maybe 10 or 20 miles away, could have had a different story on that. Yeah. But, um, you know, very unique situation on Smith Island. Just taking a look at some of the survey there, the uh, maximum width of this tornado was 100 yards. That's a whole football field. I yeah. mean, that's... You know, I know that they can be a lot bigger. We're talking about a water spout again making landfall on an island uh, with winds that high on a day where this, the setup just wasn't there. Just very unique situation. Thankfully, right, one in injury, and I yeah, think that they're okay. Yeah, just one injury. Yeah. Just one injury. And, and like you said, I guess the good news that there was so much uh, social media, um, you know, so many videos that the National Weather Service did, you know, verify that it was a tornado because of just so much evidence that was yeah. poured in. This is a... Uh, because, you know, sometimes with some of these storms, sometimes depending, you know, if it's nighttime or if it's or if you said like if it was rain wrapped, you know, yeah, uh, you know, it's it'll be hard to tell if it was a tornado or not. But I think you even said last week, the fact that some of the, the footage that you saw and some of the even pictures, they look like the, the sun was breaking through. So. Right. And that also kind of helped in a way to say, hey, this is a tornado. Very easy to see. And uh, mentioning that what Ulysses was saying. You know, this storm was so small that, and tornadoes typically occur on the back edge of these storms as they're moving through. If you're viewing the storm from any location, really, or several locations around the storm, the sun was likely coming out, or you could at least see it peeking out from behind the clouds at one point because that storm was so small. And um, it illuminated the whole situation, too, so it made it easier to see. It wasn't rain-wrapped. There were all these things that went into it, and social media certainly helped out in this situation. Um, and if you haven't checked it out yet, there are viral videos of this tornado going through Smith, Vi uh, Smith Island. It just shows you the power of nature. And even on days where you don't expect something like that, that's why when we have severe weather in the forecast, you never know. Storms on a very small scale, the ingredients are right. They can produce tornadoes like that. Um, but I tell you what, uh, looking ahead, we're not expecting any return to severe weather here in the next couple of days. Listening here on a Wednesday, still, I guess, our next chance for storms not really getting in here until the weekend. And now we're getting to that time of the year, mid-late August. We're really keeping a close eye on the tropics. And Ulysses, uh, you know, we've been seeing some things try to pop up, but... Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, so like I know this weekend, I know like I was kind of busy just like looking at what's going on. And I know the National Hurricane Center, they, uh, they issued a couple outlooks. They had that one that one disturbance um, out on the Western Gulf that eventually made landfall towards Texas. And it, it did have a nice, you know, nice little rotation to it, a nice little low, you know, low pressure that you can see a nice swirl into it once it made landfall in Texas. But because of the fact that it ran out of real estate, um, you know, the chance of development were very, very low, but it did bring a good amount of beneficial rain for Texas because, you know, that part of the, out towards the West, you know, they've really been in a drought. And then also, um, 
And then also then late Sunday night into very early Monday, they try to put another area of development possible um, to just as southeast of Bermuda. But even that one uh, quickly fizzled out as well. So, uh, yeah, so the National Hurricane Center is just putting these outlooks with chances. But right now, not so favorable. But keep in mind, it, we are getting closer to the peak of hurricane season. And that's something that we're going to be monitoring a lot more uh, a lot more closely as well. And I know like also um, just looking at just to add up when it comes to rainfall here, um, we're starting, unfortunately, starting to see a little bit more of a, a drought beginning to return over parts of Del Mar. We're starting to see some abnormally dry conditions now beginning to extend over other parts of Delaware as well. So, uh, yeah, we do need that rain coming. I mean, we were doing pretty good, but it looks like going into the month of August, we now began to um, the three-month streak that we had is now beginning to unfortunately break apart, you know. And this time of the year, sometimes the rain that we do get from a widespread situation is from landfalling systems. Yeah, so. Um, so that you take the good with the bad, and unfortunately, we get into late summer, early fall, sometimes that's that much-needed rain is going to come from a system, potentially, that could be either coming up the coast, could be remnant off uh, the Gulf of Mexico and moving through the southeast and affect us. But, um, you know, we watch that closely. The cold fronts do speed up this time of the year. There are more of them coming through yeah. as you get into late summer and early fall. So that provides, you know, more opportunities for some rain to come through. Um, you know, and we, we just kind of have to take for what it is. But, you know, you can't count on tropical systems. They're very um, sporadic and yeah. fickle, right? That's probably a good <laughs> word to use there with them. It's even during a busy season, you know, where they track is ultimately, you know, who's going to get a lot of the rain. And a lot of the times it's somebody getting too much rain and maybe uh, a region not too close by or not too far away doesn't get enough of that rain. So we're going to keep an eye on that. Obviously, uh, things are starting to change a little bit. Some of those disturbances are popping up, not having much success in growing, but kind of a sign that maybe the tropics are coming to life a little bit. Yeah. Um, the water temperatures are certainly there to support that Yeah. We're uh, we'll across the area. You're going to have 80s out there. So um, throughout the Atlantic and the Caribbean and the Gulf. So, you know, the potential is, is there. We just got to Wait to see what happens, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's you know, something that we, we follow through September, October, and uh, you never can count it out even into early November. Yeah. But usually by then, we're pretty much through the woods, but still got a long way to go. So uh, that's part of what we're doing here in the Storm Center now that we're looking forward, getting a break from some of the severe weather. Now we're starting to keep a closer eye on the tropics to see uh, what happens with that. So think that's it for this week, right? We talked about a lot. Those of you at home listening, again, check it out. We have a blog post on that Smith Island Tornado, wmdt.com backslash weather. Um, you want to see some of the videos from that tornado, pictures, myself on Facebook and Twitter, Ulysses Garcia, meteorologist Sloan Haynes. We all have that information up on our social media. Get on there and check it out, 47ABC WMDT. But you know, I think that's it. Anything, any last words there, Ulysses? No, I think I think that's about it. You know, just uh, you know, like always, you know, just be safe out there, and uh, you know, just uh, you know, make sure to you know we'll keep you updated when it comes to everything. And also, you know, we're bringing you some uh, weather wisdom every time we do these podcasts. You know, and we try to. That's right. That's a good one. Be safe out there. Now the weather's a little more uh, enjoyable to be out in. You know, hit the beach, enjoy it. Hit the water, hit the lakes, hit the waterways. Just be safe, as yeah. you said. Uh, we're getting a break from some of the storms, but. Nice to be able to get out and enjoy weather a little more, uh, uh, a little more frequently here with the better temperatures and the lower humidity. But we'll keep an eye on it. And, of course, I'm um, sure we'll have a lot more to talk about next Wednesday. So thanks for joining us again here for another edition of WeatherWise from the meteorologist here at 47ABC, WMDT. We'll talk to you next Wednesday.